This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. I am so glad to hear that you're surrounded by such generous in-laws that want to see your kids have a bright future. Because... With the cost of college rising and rising and rising for our kids, it's going to take a village to pay for it. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids & Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today... We're answering two questions from the Marriage, Kids, and Money community. And after that, we're going to be taking on another MKM challenge, my friends. I want to help you save $1,000 in three days. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a pretty big goal, but uh, I think we can do it. I think we can have a whole lot of fun doing it together. You guys in? All right. All right, let's jump into today's show. Our first question of the month comes in from Meg from Missouri. Hi there. I recently discovered your podcast and am really enjoying it. I have a 529 question that I am having trouble finding the answer to. My husband and I have a five-year-old, three-year-old, and one-year-old. My in-laws have been wonderful and opened 529 plans for each of our kids on their first birthday. They contribute $600 per year to each child. We are beyond lucky to have such a generous family. My husband has finally finished his medical training. We have purchased a home and are now able to start contributing to the 529 plans. My question is, can a child have more than one 529 plan? We live in Missouri. Our in-laws opened 529 plans that are not associated with our state of residence. Can we open 529 plans that allow us to take advantage of tax benefits from the state of Missouri, or can a child only have one plan? Thanks for your help, Meg. Meg, thank you so much for writing in. I am super intrigued by your question, and honestly, I just, I didn't know the answer right off the bat, so I did what every common decent person would do is just sort of Googling like crazy. (laughs) And I came across this great article in us news and world report about how grandparents can help with the cost of college. And I figured I would invite the author of that article, Farron Powell to join us today. She is an investing editor at us news and world report. And for more than six years, She has covered a wide range of financial and investing topics from college financial aid, real estate investments, to our topic today, 529 accounts. Welcome to the show, Farron. Hey, thanks for having me. So Farron, let's help Meg out here with her question. Can a child have more than one 529 plan? You can have an infinite number of 529 accounts for for each child. And in fact, um, some, if you're looking at investing or 529 savings accounts, 
some even recommend having more than one so you can see how one is performing. And, you know, since her children are pretty young, she can kind of say, you know, I have this Rhode Island one versus one that's Tennessee sponsored and they're both 529 savings. And gee, the Rhode Island one seems to be doing better. I think I'll go with them for like my overall strategy moving forward in whichever year she decides to do that. So you're not really bound to your state. Um, you are bound to the rules of your state when it comes to taxes. Okay, well, let's talk about that. For Missouri, how does being a resident there affect their 529 plans? Well, the good news for Meg is that what money she socks away into the account, um, if she decides to go with an account, for example, in Utah, um, and that would be a 529 investing savings account. Um, she could still get the state tax deduction because Missouri is one of those generous states like Arizona, Kansas, Montana, Pennsylvania. They all allow their residents to get the state tax deduction regardless of where the 529 is. I want to talk to you about the process that uh, Meg's in-laws went through. Was this the most ideal way to go about the process? Was there something they made uh, could have done differently? What do you think? I it really depends on. Um, they could have gone for the gift tax. It wasn't clear to me from the question if who was trying to get the state tax deduction here. Are the grandparents trying to get the state tax deduction with five two nine account? Or they trying to help their they're trying to help their kids also get the state income tax. It, I don't understand why they wouldn't have created a checking account or put it into a checking account and use it as a gift money. Mm-hmm. Um, you can now give up to fifteen thousand dollars per child underneath the IRS rules. So that is also another avenue to consider if you're wanting to get the t- the state tax deduction. Okay. Could you could you describe a little bit about the gift taxes? How does that work? Who who gets taxed and and how does that process work? Uh, it's just money that the that her very generous in-laws um, can give to her and it can Meg won't be taxed on it. Mm, okay. Got it. I got it. Okay. So what other ways can grandparents contribute to their grandkids' future? Are there other routes that they could consider besides the 529? They can consider actually paying for the actual tuition when it comes time. Um, that's actually excluded from the IRS rules from gift tax. And um, it actually helps because when it comes to financial aid, which is a whole nother bucket of confusion other than sorting out, do I get a prepaid 529? Do I get a savings 529? There's so many acronyms that get thrown around. But when it comes to financial aid, um, one of the way grandparents can help is by paying the tuition because it's not going to show up in terms of the nuclear family's financial aid forms in terms of their estimated family contribution. So it's one way to... Um, to make that dollar work a little bit more. Okay, so if I have, uh, let's say my, my kids um, have 529 plans that are started by me and then another 529 started by their grandparents, will those funds count against the FAFSA as well uh, if, they're, if they're separated, if one of them's for grandparents and one of them's for me as the parent? Um, for you as the parent that's going to show up on your FAFSA, for the grandparents, it will not. Where it's going to show up is once a distribution is taken out of that account, meaning the grandparent has named 
you know, little Joe Jr. as the beneficiary. He's taken the distribution in his, let's say, his sophomore year of college. Well, that's going to count as income for the following semesters when he applies for financial aid. So it's it's a little bit of a game in terms of when do you take the distribution? Do you wait until he's a junior when it may not affect him as much for his financial aid? Just the way that financial aid works, you have to be cognizant of also college financial aid as well as um, college saving planning altogether when it comes to the picture of paying for college, which is almost like a mortgage these days. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what are the what are the negative effects? So if it's if it's shown that little Jojo has, uh, you know, some income coming in, uh, what are the negative effects if they if they wanted to borrow? Is it a subsidized versus unsubsidized situation? How does that work? It really depends to the school. Yeah. The school has its own formula almost you know think of it as like a special sauce and tell in terms of how they calculate your estimated family contribution mm-hmm. so um all you can really say is if it is of a certain amount it could ding you in terms of um the amount that that specific school awards okay. um so it, it's that one's always tricky because different schools do different things um, with their financial aid policies. Okay. We started to talk a little bit about the prepaid uh, 529s versus the an alternative route. Can you talk a little bit about that for us? Um, the alternative route of going with a savings 529 versus your state's prepaid plan is you generally have more flexibility. It could also mean that you have, in terms of, like for example, the Florida prepaid state plan, you might be limited in terms of what schools you can go to with it, whereas you know, with 529s, investing savings, it's just an account. It's holding the money like a piggy bank. You'll have more of those options of which schools to go to potentially um, by going that route. It just adds a layer of flexibility. It also adds a layer of flexibility in terms of you can pick what type of investments you would like in terms of you can be fairly aggressive with a child. For example, with Meg, she has a one-year-old, a three-year-old and a five-year-old. She could put some of her children, especially the ones that are, um, well, she's got one that's three, but age specific accounts. So they work like target date accounts if you're familiar with your 401k. So they tend to be more aggressive with the type of investments they pick when a child is younger. And they tend to be much more conservative, these age-specific accounts, when it comes to a child who's in high school or in middle school, for example. So that's one way to go, is to look at the age, how different 529 savings accounts perform for comparatively for that age and being very careful about comparing plans based on the age ranges. Um, Another way to look at it is to look purely at a 529 investing account that may be tied to an ETF because those tend to have less expenses carried. For that option, you know, families can look at UNEST, which has partnered with the uh, Rhode Island state-sponsored plan that has an ETF. And if you're wondering what an ETF is, because that's another acronym that I just threw out at you, that's an exchange-traded fund. And those tend to be have less management fees, meaning your money works more for you. You're paying less fees on the money that's making more dollars off of that investment. 
Absolutely. Those can chip away at your, your returns for quite a while. So it's good to get into those low cost, you know, whether it's an index fund or, or some of these target date funds that are filled with index funds that helps as well as ETF. So completely agree with you very much uh, on that one. Well, Farron, I really appreciate you joining today and walking through this uh, great article as well as helping us answer Meg's question. Where can people connect with you and learn more about you? You can tweet at me at, at Farron Powell. F-A-R-R-A-N, Powell, common spelling. Excellent. Well, I will put that in the show notes. Farron, thank you so much for joining, and we really appreciate it. Great. Thanks for having me. Meg, I hope my chat with Farron helps you with your situation. I am so glad to hear that you're surrounded by such generous in-laws that want to see your kids have a bright future. Because with the cost of college rising and rising and rising for our kids, it's going to take a village to pay for it. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Thanks for considering our sponsors, everybody. Now let's jump back into the show. second question of the month it comes in from christine hey andy i'm looking for some advice my husband and i have been together for five years now 
and money has always been a difficult subject for us because we have different views. I'm more financially conscious, and he doesn't like talking about money. We have around $36,000 in debt. Our first child is due later this year, and I'd love to be debt-free like the people I hear on your show. Combined, we make around $120,000, and we are in our late 20s. Do you have any advice for me to get my husband to want to pay off our debt with me? Thank you very much for your inspiration and advice. Looking forward to hearing from you, Christine. Thank you so much for reaching out, Christine. First of all, congratulations on your pregnancy. That is awesome. Congratulations. Super cool. I love being a parent. Honestly, it has changed my life. I don't know what I would do with my life if I didn't have my kids. (laughs) This is a tough situation you're describing, though, Christine. Your husband thinks one way about money, and you think another way. That can be very frustrating in relationships, in marriage, and especially when you're married with kids. Uh, The two of you are about to make some really big changes in your lives, And this is going to come with new expenses, new decisions, and very new conversations. And part of being a parent is talking about financial matters, like their future college needs, or which car seat to buy, or even the cost of diapers. (laughs) I may be preaching to the choir here, which it sounds like I am. So how do we get your husband to talk about money with you and push towards that debt freedom that you desire? Well, I have about five ideas for you to try. Number one, ask yourself why you want to become debt-free. Christine, I know hearing stories about people becoming debt-free is super motivating, but it's important to understand your internal motivation first. Paying down your debt is going to be very difficult, and it's going to be even tougher for you because your husband isn't thrilled about financial conversations. Make sure you understand why you want to do this. What's the first thing that comes up for you when you ask yourself, why do I want to be debt-free? Is it for peace of mind and reducing stress as a new mother? Will the extra space in your budget allow you to make a job change that benefits your family? Or will you be able to save for your kids' future college needs? Find out what your why is and write it down. If you can't articulate this well to yourself, Christine, then you definitely won't be able to articulate it to your husband. Number two. Share your debt-free dreams with your spouse. If you've been shying away from the debt-free conversation with your husband, now you have another reason to talk. You want to share your dreams with him. So find an opportunity to connect this week. Don't do this over the phone or text. Make sure you're able to be alone with no distractions. No cell phones, no TV, no social media, just you and him. Tell him you have something important you want to share with him, and you'd really appreciate his time and his focus. When you're together, tell him you want to become debt-free and tell him why. 
Describe to him how this debt freedom will make you feel. Ask him if he will help you make this dream become a reality. This way, your husband feels empowered and wants to help you. After all, he loves you, right? Number three, take a leadership position. Let's say your husband is receptive to your plans, Christine, but he wants to know what this means for your life and your finances. This is where you need to take a leadership position and tell him that you're going to come up with a plan and share it with him. Ensure him that you'll both have an equal say when it comes to the financial decisions, but there will need to be some changes in order to make this happen. At this point, you'll need to do a few things, Christine. Make sure you understand your monthly expenses. Review areas you feel you can cut back to be able to pay off some of that debt. Think about any ways to increase your income during the debt pay down time. Decide a reasonable time frame for the debt pay down process. And then lastly here, plan a regular get together to discuss your finances with your husband. This will be a lot more homework on your end, Christine, but easing your husband into just talking about money might be a lot of work. Now, if you feel he's excited about supporting you after your talk, ask him to take on one of these tasks as well if you think he will actually do it. (laughs) If not, take the steering wheel, be in control, and start driving this proverbial car towards debt freedomville. (laughs) Number four, review the debt freedom plans with your spouse and be flexible. After you've created your master plan, Christine, have another get-together with your husband and lay out your plan. Don't be surprised if he doesn't go for everything you propose. Make sure you listen to his concerns and do your best to accommodate them. Because if you force it on him, the whole thing just might backfire. You may have to adjust your time frame for debt freedom. If you were hoping for 12 months and that would require a lot of sacrifice and your husband is concerned with the sacrifices required, look at like a 24-month plan or a 36-month plan. It may take longer, but it could be better for your marriage in the long run. All right, number five, seek out a third party to support you. Perhaps your conversations don't go as planned, Christine. You share your dreams with your husband and he ignores you. Or you create a plan and your husband doesn't really follow through with his promises. Getting support from a marriage therapist could be a great solution. This third party can help you learn to communicate more effectively and have you both create the relationship that you desire. There may be something deeper to your husband's refusal to participate a professional counselor can definitely help you figure that out. It's done wonders for my marriage. I think working with a money coach is a really great idea, not just because I am one. (laughs) But if it's a communication issue, which it sounds like, it's not a money problem, it's a marriage problem. Christine, I hope these five ideas slash steps slash tips, whatever we're going to call them, I hope they help you with your situation. 
Since you're pregnant, I would probably focus on building up your emergency savings first instead of focusing on the debt. You never know how this process is going to go. I hope it goes smoothly for you, but it is a, an opportunity for you to be in the hospital and more money in the bank is always a good thing when that happens. And then when your baby comes into the world, you can use that money towards the debt if you'd like. Best of luck with these conversations, Christine. At the end of the day, communication is key. Openly share your feelings, your emotions, and your desires, and it's going to let your husband know where you truly stand. If you have a question like Meg or Christine, please contact me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or leave me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. I love answering these questions, and I hope it helps you all too. I'm all about self-improvement, so let's bring on another MKM Challenge. It's been a little while since we've done the MKM Challenge, my friends, but we are back, and we are going to put some money back in your pockets this month. I want to help you save $1,000 in three steps without leaving home. Yes, this is a challenge I brought on the group about two years ago, but it's time to bring it back because I want to save some money too. (laughs) You can do all of this money savings, literally in your pajamas from the comfort of your home. So how are we going to do it? Let's do it, right? Well, I've identified three areas that we can easily save money. So here they are. Number one, turning our trash into cash. We're going to create some freedom from the stuff around our house and help us make a little bit of money while we're creating that freedom. And then the second one, number two, cut our bills. We work too hard to pay extra to the cable company, the cell phone provider, and the energy company. Let's get some of that money back. And then number three, the third step is to review our insurance. We're going to help you save money while still protecting yourself and your family with the proper insurance coverage. So I have a free guide called Save $1,000 in Three Steps Without Leaving Home. And it goes a lot more detail than I'm going to go on the show today. So if you guys want to download that, that's at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash 1K. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash 1K. But I'm going to go a little deeper into each of these steps right now on the podcast to give you some inspiration and help you start moving down that track because these steps are easy and they help you save pretty fast. So let's dive into step one real quick, turning the trash into cash. So let's pose a little challenge. Pick a day this week and find 10 things around your house that you don't use, that you don't like, that don't bring you joy, and sell these things on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace and make some money. Nicole and I try to do a big purge around our house quarterly, and it helps us keep the house nice and tidy, as well as putting money back into our pockets. So some of those things that are you know, that you could probably sell and get money for. Are there bikes? Are there baby toys? Are there purses? Are there clothes? Things like that that have a little bit of value. See what you have in your house that you aren't using. Electronics, things like that. 
and see what they would go for on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace, and you will easily put some money back in your pocket immediately. So that's number one. Number two, step two here, cut the bills, cut our bills. So on day two, the second day, after you've sold a bunch of stuff on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace, call your cell phone company and ask how you can save money on your monthly bill. Ask them, are you using all of your data? Can you go with a cheaper plan? Is there a family discount that you're not taking advantage of? I'll tell you a success that I had recently. I recently called Verizon and switched to their prepaid plan. And we are now saving around, oh, 300 bucks per year for the exact same service. It's just because it's prepaid versus postpaid. It's like, okay, if I don't have payments on my phone, I'm allowed to do this prepaid plan. So it saved us, yeah, 300 bucks per year. One phone call. If you have Verizon, check this out. If you don't have Verizon, that's fine. Call your provider anyway and see if you can save some money just by asking a few questions. They want to keep you as a customer, and there are opportunities to save, my friends. So walk through the same process, not just with your cell phone provider, but with your cable company and the other bills that you have in your life. You could even call the electric company and just say, hey, I'm looking to save a little bit of money. How can I do that? And they quite often bring you some ideas. One time we called the electric company, and we asked how how we could save a little bit of money. They came over with a free assessment and gave us a bunch of free LED light bulbs. It was free. So if you ask, what's the saying? The squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? So call these companies and ask and see where you can save. Again, I've got a great list of how to do this in the guide, marriagekidsandmoney.com slash 1K. Let's do this last step here. Number three, examine your insurance. So this can be a huge area for savings, but you want to make sure that you're doing it right. For example, Going with a higher deductible plan for healthcare or auto or any of your other um, insurances, they can save you a lot of money for sure, but you need to make sure you'll be able to cover the deductible, hence the name higher deductible, right? If you have a big emergency savings, this shouldn't be an issue. So let me give you an example. I switched to a high deductible health plan at work, and I was able to save around $1,300 per year on my health insurance. That also allowed me to sign up for a health savings account, which is an HSA, short for that. So I saved money each year and I was able to invest for my future healthcare costs. I was able to do that because I have a three-month emergency fund. So if we had to pay that high deductible, we'd be covered. All right, so those are the three quick steps that can save you big. Again, I got details on how to go through this process in the guide, marriagekidsandmoney.com slash 1K. It's called Save $1,000 in Three Steps Without Leaving Home. And I want to save you guys some money. This guide is free. It's my free gift to you for listening and hanging out with me. And let's challenge ourselves to put some money back in our pockets. And, you know, I talked about some of these things as a little bit of savings each month. That'll be recurring. So every year... You're saving money on your cable bill, on your cell phone bill, things like that. And it can really help you get some breathing room, whether you're like Christine and you want to become debt-free or you're like Meg and you want to save for your kids' college costs in the future. A little bit here and there will definitely help with those big goals. 
So who is in? Who's going to save $1,000 or more this month with me? Please contact me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or leave me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. I would love to hear who's in and also how it goes because this stuff works, my friends. Nicole and I have saved over at least $1,000 doing these steps in this guide, and I hope it helps you too. As a quick reminder, my friends, this show is for entertainment purposes only. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do any one of these three things to support this show. Number one, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player, so we're hanging out every week. Number two, share this episode with a friend who wants to save more money, talk with their spouse about becoming debt-free, or has super generous in-laws that want to help their grandkids in the future. You'll find all the links and resources for today's show at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 137. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash 137. And then the last thing, number three, leave me a review in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Those reviews help more people to find this show. So we received five reviews since last month's book giveaway offer of The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman, The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey, and Unshakable by Tony Robbins. And to help me pick the winner this week, I've got my awesome, super cool, super sporty daughter, Zoe Hill. How are you, Zoe? I'm great. Thank you so much for being here today, sweetheart. I really appreciate you joining me and being a part of this. So are you ready to do your thing with uh, our robot friend here? Of course. Alexa, pick a number between one and five. Your random number between one and five is three. Excellent. All right. Our third review is from... Tracy Sherman Falcon and Zoe is going to read it for us. Great content, very transparent and easy to listen to. Keep on putting the great work and info. All right. Thank you so much, Zoe. And thank you, Tracy, for leaving that awesome review. We are going to be sending a book of your choice of those ones that I read earlier. And look out for that email for me, Tracy. Thank you so much. And Zoe, thank you so much for staying up late with me on a school night to do a podcast. I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> I'll, I'll, go, I'll go put you to bed now, okay? Does that sound good? Yeah. <laughs> and if you want your review read on this show by my lovely daughter, Zoe Hill, please leave me a review at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Apple Podcasts or marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Stitcher. Those reviews help people to find the show. And what we're going to do for that book giveaway, we're going to do it one more time between those three books that have made such an impact on my life, Unshakable by Tony Robbins, Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey, and The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. This month on the show, we've got an incredible lineup, my friends. On June 10th, next Monday, best-selling authors Aaron and Kalina Amuchastegi share how they've created the five-hour school week for their family through home and world schooling. And then the Monday after that, June 17th, our Family Fi segment continues with Erica Gellerman, who shares why she and her husband are quitting their jobs and moving 
to Hawaii. <laughs> and then the Monday after that, June 24th, personal finance and marketing whiz Tori Dunlap shares how she's growing her net worth to $100,000 by age 25 and how she's encouraging others around the country to hit their first 100K. June is set to be another fantastic month of wealth building, my friends, and I can't wait to be there with you all. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Brian Tracy. All successful men and women are big dreamers. They imagine what their future could be, ideal in every respect, and then they work every day toward their distant vision. Dream, set the goal, and make it a reality. Carpe diem! 